0: Did a good job. Cody Bryant. What's up everybody and welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. At Casino Queen Sportsbook, I am Jonathan Hood. Basketball indeed is hood. I'm so glad that you are with us here as I record this on Wednesday, June 2nd. In the afternoon, I had a fun time off after the Memorial Day weekend. and Let's get back at it talking about what we love, NBA and basketball conversation. There's plenty to talk about here, uh, including LeBron James, uh, including Danny Ainge and the Celtics, including Coach K retiring from Duke. Let's start there with Coach K retiring from Duke. Um, John Shire already has been named the... New head coach for uh, Duke once Coach K steps down. It started first from Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman's always been great from ESPN and now with Stadium. It says, Duke assistant John Shire has been approved as the next head coach of the Blue Devils, succeeding Mike Krzyzewski, according to Stadium. There was a mid-afternoon meeting just to rubber Coach K's selection. So, two bombshells. One just that Coach K steps away from basketball, deciding to retire. That's one thing. Um, so, here, here's what's interesting to me, and we saw this with Roy Williams, and now we're seeing this with Coach K. It seems like the veteran coaches are afraid of the portal system. As soon as the players start having a little bit of power in their hands, some of these coaches are just washing their hands with this, and saying, nope, can't do that. The portal system empowers the college player to say I don't necessarily have to play for you I can go someplace else increase my chances to get to the draft or increase my chances to be able to get playing time and I've seen this all over college basketball as someone who covers college basketball as the voice of the UIC Flames I see the transfer portal and see players zigzagging all over the country just to get playing time and just to get recognized and now the the transfer portal is open and now coach is like no I can't deal with that I find it interesting, former coaches, like, I don't, I can't deal with that rat race because once I think I've got a kid secure, I think that he's always going to be with me. And my thought is, is that finally the player has the opportunity to go where he wants to go, to transfer out and go someplace else. Look, it's the AAU culture, and whether people like it or not, uh, there are people in this generation, the newer generation, that just want to win. And for some, it's like, well, you're not working hard enough. Can't you be the catalyst for that? I think that a lot of young people want to be able to get to a place where they can be able to win, to be recognized. Uh, I say this all the time about this generation of basketball players that are 21, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, that they don't want the Reggie Miller experience. They don't want the Charles Barkley experience. Uh, they don't want to be known as good players and never want to ring. Legacy matters. And the same thing for with college football or college basketball players. If they feel like they want to transfer out and give themselves the opportunity to do what they need to do to get into the draft, to be able to be recognized, to be able to have tape. You know, look, we've known for many years on some of these blue blood programs in college basketball that there's been great high school players that didn't get a chance to play because others were ahead of them. The the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the UCLAs, once upon a time, teams like that that were blue-blood programs uh, did not have the opportunity to be able to put themselves in a position to showcase themselves. So I I personally um, have no problem with that. But just circling back to Coach K, I'm sure this is wearing him down too. I'm sure that he looks at this and says, okay, you know, I've done this for a long time. Uh, Look at Duke last year. Duke in the situation during the pandemic, not in the championship, nowhere even close to it. Uh, same thing with Kentucky. Same thing with North Carolina. It was a different season for sure. And and Kay's done it for a long time. Kay's got a lot of interests, you know, as a guy that does his own talk show on Sirius XM. He's coached for a long time, but at sometimes you just have to let it go. And I really believe that the transfer portal, AU, and the and everything that goes along with recruit, recruiting now is. Difficult, I would say for some of the modern coaches because they're used to having all the power. They used to say, you know what? You sit on that bench. You'll be a Duke blue devil for life. Even though if you don't play with one minute, if you sit on the bench, we'll take care of you in the you know, after your career's over. Well, you know, for some young players, it's like, nah, I want to be able to go out and play. And so no matter what you hear about this coach K, just moving it right over to John Shire, Chicago zone, what Chicago guy taking care of another in that spot, Uh, I just think the semis coaches are just like, I I can't deal with this anymore because I need all the power. I need to be able to preside over the program without knowing a kid's going to slip out the back door. Well, it's happening now, and I think a lot of coaches have a hard time with it. So let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers and the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday night. So the Suns are up three games to two on the Los Angeles Lakers. And I want you to think about something. Could it be that the Lakers could be bounced out in the first round of the playoffs? That very well could happen, you know. We could see the Lakers bounced out in the first round. It would not surprise me. I I look at this Lakers team, and it starts with Chicago's own Anthony Davis, right? Anthony Davis has been injured so often. I saw this as a Pelican. I see this as a Laker. Some of his, the moments I see Anthony Davis, that dude's writhing in pain, rolling on the ground. It's like, oh, God, man, get up. And I I feel bad for him because Anthony Davis has a hard time staying healthy. So Mike Greenberg's producer, uh, Himbo, from the Get Up show on ESPN, cited this on his Twitter page. It says, Anthony Davis' DNPs by season, including the playoffs. So the 2020-21 season, 37 times. In the bubble, he missed nine games. Year before that, 26. Year before that, in 2017-18, seven times. Seven times in 2016-17. In 2015-16, it was 21 times. Followed by 14-15-18. 154 times dude did not play going back to 2012-2013. Now, I don't know how that compares to other players, but I think that's a hell of a lot. Because he was the man with the Pelicans. And then seeing what's happening now with him uh, with the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers are in the playoffs and they need him. And he couldn't play on Tuesday night. And so I got to get after LeBron James. And I don't do this very often when it comes to LeBron James because I know that he's a great player. Uh, I don't do the Michael versus LeBron conversation because I just think that's dumb. Uh, this is a dumb barbershop conversation. Uh, nobody really wants to have the Kobe versus LeBron conversation, but that's cool. Nobody wants to have that conversation. Uh, that's the conversation I had, and not and not Michael and LeBron. So I don't do that. But uh, you know, LeBron James. Of all the things that good I could say about him, as far as him having the I Promise School in Akron. For him to be able to be a mogul, much bigger mogul than Michael Jordan ever was as far as him having his own uh, production company, uh, producing TV shows, putting his name on it, uh, the shop on HBO, he's done a lot for sure. Uh, his in his career than Michael did. Michael was a big-time advertiser uh, and was a great pitchman, but there is a lot more that LeBron James does while he's playing uh, than Michael Jordan ever did, and I know that these opportunities are different here in 2021 than it was in 1997. I get that. But, you know, it, it's LeBron James continues to put his foot in it, right? So he says, oh, Anthony Davis is out? Okay, I got big shoulders. I can handle this the Suns beat the hell out of the Lakers, beat their ass, right? The game after a couple of possessions was over. You could see that the defensive presence of Anthony Davis was missing. No no shot at, at Morris, but Morris is not the same player as Anthony Davis, especially on the defensive end. And, and so with Anthony Davis in street clothes, as LeBron, as Charles Barkley called Anthony Davis, Anthony street clothes Davis, um, you could see that the defensive presence was not there. But on top of that, y'all, dude, LeBron James leaves the game with five minutes left, and he's got Frank Bogle making excuses for him. Frank Vogel's like, well, LeBron was going to try to get some get ahead of his therapy. With five minutes left, he walks away off the bench and goes to the locker room. Everybody else had to watch that. Everyone else had to watch that, and LeBron James didn't have the stomach to sit there and watch his team get their ass beat. He could have sat there another five minutes. Could have done that, but he walked away. You know, that's a bad look. It's a really, really bad look. And um, I I, I just don't understand why LeBron puts himself in that situation. Why did he do that? Because you know he's going to be criticism. Someone who has rabbit ears like LeBron James and is aware of his own brand knows that that's not the right thing to do. It's completely not right. You know, it just, I, I don't understand why he did that.
1: Uh, it's literally win or go home at that point. So, um, you know, you, you, uh, you shoot all the bullets you got and throw the gun, too. So, um, you know, I look forward to the you know to the environment. Obviously, our Lake of Faithful going to give us a lot of energy. Um, and I look forward to the moment. I look forward to the challenge and, uh, you know, see what brings out the best of me and my, my teammates.
0: 115-85, they get beat down by the Phoenix Suns. A good Phoenix Suns team, but I just want to make sure it's clear. It's one of the Lakers' worst games. I would say even the best Phoenix game that I've seen all season. Uh, I like Devin Booker. I like what Monty Williams has brought to the table for that team. Uh, It's a team that's one of the top teams in the West coming into the playoffs, other than the Utah Jazz. So I know that Phoenix is ready to play. But just, you know, it's... It's just amazing that LeBron James decides to leave after with five minutes left. Because it's a bad look for. Here is why it's a bad look because he's always into what people are saying. I know that he'll say I ignore the press, I ignore uh, what people see on social media. But no, he's aware. He just doesn't snap off on people like Kevin Durant does with his you know shadow accounts and his two and three Instagram accounts. It's just a difference, right? But it just like you know, you're saying a your message to your team how. You know, After LeBron James and Anthony Davis, there's a big drop-off on this team. Big drop-off. And I knew that coming into the season. And I knew that it was going to be a hard time for the Lakers because they just won the championship, and they turned right back around on Christmas, and they're playing again. So it was a short time. That's why there have been so many injuries in the NBA. And so I, I just... Um, if you're going to be a leader, you got to be a leader through the good times and the bad times. There is a, a thought that people will say, well, he's a sore loser, so you know he's a competitor, and he just didn't want to see his team out there. Some of the all-time greats that we've seen, including MJ, had, when his teams were bad, he didn't just get up and leave. He just wanted to get ahead of his, his workout. It's nonsense. You know why it's nonsense? Because as soon as the game was over, you just heard a part of that press conference there. I mean, he had to go do his press conference. So it just, I don't want to hear it. I don't, for someone that is supposed to be uh, an icon in the sport, uh, yes, he did meet his media his media responsibility, but what does that say for his team? Like, boy, LeBron walked off, and he just he quit on the team. Kind of did. I expected him to be on the floor. I mean, this will blow blowout, but you can sit there and be able to be with your teammates and just know that's not just about me; it's about us. You know, you don't want to be the Brooklyn Nets, where it's about the big three like everybody else. If you're LeBron, you want to be able to stay firmly entrenched with your team because if you're trying to win two more against the Suns, you're going to need everybody to help. So let's go on to the Boston Celtics. That was a bombshell this morning on a Wednesday morning about Danny Ainge stepping away from the Boston Celtics in the front office and um, having Brad Stevens stop coaching the Boston Celtics so he's kicked upstairs and Ainge is out. Ainge pretty much, when he quote-unquote, retires, but Brad Stevens goes upstairs and leaves the bench, and we're waiting to find out who the new, new head coach of the Celtics is. Okay, let me break this down for you. So Danny Ainge, who always will tell you how close the Celtics were to be able to get a top-notch free agent, he always will tell you how close he was to be able to get that big fish, uh, decides that he wants to step away. You know what? the one thing I can't stand? I can't stand... Those that fail up. And that's exactly what happened with uh, Brad Stevens. So, okay, when we break down the age era for the Boston Celtics, One World One's championship, which is cool. Uh, there's been a lot of success there. There was some rocky waters in the Kyrie Irving era of the Boston Celtics. Isaiah Thomas was not really a good mix for the Celtics and for Uh, Isaiah Thomas, the shorter Isaiah Thomas. um, That didn't work out great for the Celtics, but they had sustained success, though. They were not an embarrassment. Before Ainge took over, like the Larry Birds and some of these other, they didn't do well with the Celtics as far as getting the Celtics to another level. And so Ainge was very successful in there, sure, but there was a ceiling on that success. When Brad Stevens was hired seven, eight years ago, I said, I remember me saying this. Of course, Danny Ainge hired this Brad Stevens. I said, there's no question that he's going to hire Brad Stevens because it makes too much sense, right? It's too outside the box. It shocked everybody because we saw Brad Stevens at Butler, back-to-back appearances in the Final Four, the championship game, and Brad Stevens was that up-and-coming coach that could possibly make a difference in the NBA, right? So... Brad's issue to me is that he cannot coach the superstar. Like I know it's hard for any coach to to handle Kyrie Irving, but that just wasn't working. That was a bad mix. And there's questions in Boston and phone calls I made today that could be saying that Tatum had an issue with Brad Stevens. And so Brad, when I watched him, a guy that usually was just kind of stoic on the bench and would just call out plays. Yes, he does have some really good plays. I see college coaches emulating some of the plays that Brad put in to the NBA or his Butler teams. I've seen this firsthand, so I know that there are certain plays that seem to work offensively uh, for Brad Stevens. But that team was never going to be able to get over the hump over teams like the Sixers or the Bucks or now the Nets. Uh, I just think they're stuck in neutral. I always say this. You can be the worst team in the league. like the, You can be the Sacramento's and the Bulls, teams that are not very good. You can be at the top of your game, like Milwaukee uh, or the Lakers that just won the championship before. Where you're in the middle, it sucks. And I just think that the Celtics are kind of stuck in the middle, and they got to figure out what their future is. But let's get on this Brad Stevens piece. Brad's 44 years old. 44 years old. And he's had enough of coaching. Now, again, Danny Ainge offered him the job, says, would you like to be the vice president of basketball operations? Sure, Brad's going to take it. But the job is not complete. He's there seven years of, I think, above average coaching as far as his accomplishments. Above average. Not great, but above average. And at 44, the rumors were like Brad Stevens was worn out on the road. Brad Stevens was tired of coaching. Like at 44, if you're burnt out, you should go home, pal. Go home. Same Brad Stevens that did not want the $80 million deal that was offered to him by the Indiana Pacers. He decided that he didn't want to be in the college race, which is cool. You don't want to deal with recruiting in the portal. That's fine. You don't have to do that. He finds himself as an NBA guy. Great. But now he's the vice president of basketball operations. So how many people did the Celtics, how many people did they talk to before they settled on Brad? Did they go through a process of talking to other candidates? Uh, The answer is no. (laughs) As soon as the season was over for the Celtics, Ainge had enough, Ainge has had some health problems. He had a couple heart attacks. And... I think that the wear and tear of that job, just like John Paxson, right? The wear and tear of the criticism and the underachievement probably got to Danny Ainge, and so he decides to leave. He says he's going to retire. I would say that he might be in the Utah Jazz front office doing something that would not surprise me because he's a BYU guy, uh, and, and they know him very well at Utah. So it would surprise me if he goes back into basketball in some kind of role with the Jazz. But otherwise, he's out of basketball, and that's fine. But with Brad Stevens, though, like, so you're tapping out at age 44. Did he not know what the job entailed? Like, this is not the 32-33 games in college plus the, the tournament. Like, it's a grind. And you decide to do this. But now, this is where I have a problem. I don't like the failing up bullshit when it comes to the coaching. Because they just, it's like, oh, Brad, you know, you underachieved with me. We didn't win a championship together. But I'm leaving. You take this job. It's like Cliff Kingsbury failing up to be able to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Dude was a below average college coach, is with the Green Bay Packers, and all of a sudden he just becomes the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. How? How does that happen? Because of the network, because of the back channels, because of things that happen behind the scenes. It says, oh, you know what? We don't need to talk. You don't need to talk to anybody about this. We're just going to put you in place because you just fit the model. Well, well, here's what I'm tripping on. So Brad Stevens does not want to coach anymore, but he'll be the uh, president of, vice president of basketball operations. What's his qualifications? What well, what's his qualifications to do that? I don't understand that. So, to me, he decides I'm gonna, I'm, not, I'm gonna quit coaching because I don't like the grind. But now I'm going to pick the next head coach, and I know the future of the Celtics. Do you? All I know is that Brad had a hard time trying to figure out how to manage stars or superstars, and now he's in a bigger position. He failed up in the job because the job is to win a championship in the NBA, and Brad Stevens and the Celtics did not do that. So, so that's that's how I see it. Finally, Giannis Antetokounmpo, of course, the Bucks. That's going to be a hell of a series against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. That should be interesting to see whether the Bucks have another gear against the Big Three. Uh, I know that the narrative about the Nets is, well, they don't defend well. It's not about defending four quarters. It's about defending when you need to. And and I will but look at – I really, really think it's interesting. That's, that's Hold on a situation. second. got to play this for you in a second. I think this is interesting to see – um, the Nets and how easily they were able to get through the Celtics. And it was my turn offense. It was like Hard's going to get his and try to get to the foul line. Harden was getting his, and uh, Kyrie Irving's getting his. And then, you know, obviously Kevin Durant is just deadly from the outside and can slash and go to the basket. So it was a little bit wonky through the five games. Keep in mind, they've only played like a dozen games together. And can they win the championship? I don't know. I don't know. They seem like they're the favorite for sure. But there's not a lot of team camaraderie; it's just a lot of individual play, uh, and some of the other players get lost in the sauce in that regard. So it's it's uh, it'll be interesting to see that series against a good Bucks team. I liked how they stepped it up. I thought in this past series that they just played. Okay, speaking of the Bucks, I just want to play this thing. It's, it's you're trying to jump on me for a second, but I want you to hear this in its entirety. So Giannis Antetokounmpo, you would think that this dude's locked in, right? Watching basketball even when he's not playing. Uh, he explained, like he does not watch basketball if he's not playing. But just because you said you're not gonna watch the game, you're the Nets. Is it just like a text you get, like,
1: oh, hey, the Nets won, playing the Nets, or is it like, oh, the Celtics? Good. I don't get texts. I just I leave my I leave my phone in the uh, in my ha- in my room, and uh, I turn uh, off the notifications. People that they didn't talk to me all the end, they text me now, you know. So I leave my phone in my room. I go sit uh, on the couch with my son. I don't watch the game not pay attention in basketball all i care is about how can i get better how can i help my my team and sometimes you know uh, my girlfriend or my brother like they tell me about hey you know what they are uh, watched the one last night and then i'm like hey we're not talking about basketball in this house this household we don't talk about basketball you know why because the way my brain operates all i think about is basketball so i don't need to talk more it, i'm gonna drive myself crazy right hopefully we can you know uh keep playing good basketball and keep playing for a for a long time, for a month and a half, a month and a half, right? Month and a half, so we can be the last team standing. So if I keep talking about basketball every day for the next month and a half, I'm going to get tired of it. Right? And I'm going to want to escape it. So I feel like I'm at my best when I go back to my house. I watch my shows. I focus on myself. I focus on my breathing. I focus on what I eat. And when I come here, that allows me to give 100% in what, what I do and 100% in what I love you know so that's why I do that so continue with your
0: question I <laughs> <laughs> you love Giannis Giannis telling the press like I don't want to talk about basketball it'll drive me crazy he doesn't want to talk about 24-7 he watches shows he says we don't talk basketball in this house that's got to be hard to do when he's one of the biggest stars in the game But he says I don't want to talk basketball I just want to talk about whatever else that's going on in the world it's interesting well, it's so good to be talking basketball with you here on my patio. I know the neighbors probably think I'm crazy, but I want to do this outside. It's too nice in the Chicagoland area. Don't forget, my friends, to subscribe to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast on Spotify. Also on the ESPN Chicago app, look under the Cap and J Hood podcast feed. That's where you can find me. And you can find me every morning, 7 to 10 a.m. Central with David Kaplan for Cap and J Hood here on ESPN 1000. Love talking basketball with you. Again, it could be college or pro. We had a couple of uh college and pro stories here on this Wednesday. And we'll talk again soon because we got more playoffs to discuss, trying to figure out who's gonna win these first-round matchups and uh Could it be that the Lakers will be eliminated in the first round? We'll be talking about it and on top of it right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Download the app, use the promo code WMVP, bet on some of this basketball. Uh, It's worth it. If you want skin in the game, a little sweat into what you're watching with basketball, check it out. Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Again, we're brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I'm Jonathan Hood. Join me for another edition of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. So long, everybody. Oh, it's so nice outside. Oh.